Hey guys, I'm Court. And I'm Kate. And you're listening to another episode of The Castle Chat. Hey friends, welcome to a brand new 11-part series on Epcot's World Showcase. Each week we will dive into the history, details, and fun facts of a World Showcase pavilion. Join us this week as we kick things off with Mexico. Want to experience more magic with us outside of these episodes? Be sure to follow us on all socials at The Castle Chat. If you love what you hear, please leave us a rating or review on Apple or Spotify so we can continue to build this community. Are you ready to jump into the episode? Let's chat about it. Welcome! Where in the world showcase are we? Well, only the um, best place that you could start in the world showcase. It's Mexico. Yeah, there's two options, and you're either right or you're wrong. You either start in Mexico or you start in Canada. And we had to make sure that we were starting this new series that we are titling Where in the World Showcase in Mexico. I feel like we're already starting this series with some beef, like with potentially with our listeners, because this is like a hot take in the Disney community. Like which side of World Showcase do you start on? And we want to know which side do you start on? Do you start in Mexico? Do you start in Canada? We got to start this series off knowing where our listeners stand. Yeah. um, Speaking of controversy and stuff going on in the Disney bubble, specifically surrounding World Showcase, I saw some stuff after New Year's. I don't know if you saw a court about um, this group of people that were like the Epcot Day Drinker Club or something like that. And there was like this figure that they had of the partner statue, but it was like Walt with a trash can. And no, like, I didn't see any of this. Okay, well, my dad sent it to me, and my dad was like, um, can we get a like opinion section in the castle chat about what whatever the heck this is? And I guess there were people going around World Showcase that were like calling themselves the Epcot Day Drinkers Club, and they were wearing t-shirts of like Walt with a barf bucket, basically. And so there were people that were like, you know, saying that this is basically blasphemy. Like, how oh dare gosh. you? Um, anyways, I'm sure if you are part of the Epcot Day Drinkers Club, you would want to start in Mexico. I mean, I think they're they're it's a pretty popular drinking spot. Yeah, they're known for, for sure. their drinks for sure. One thing I did see recently um, to do with Epcot is I can't remember the name of the small shop, but there is a small shop that sells these like table sets that go over the trash cans. So you can oh, eat yes. on top of the trash cans. And I saw it and you like roll it out and it looks like a little like picnic blanket. And I like burst into tears. I thought it would like happy laughing tears. I was like, what is this? What? This is perfect. But LOL that this is like our community where we have the covers on trash cans because y'all know when you go to Epcot you're likely eating at the booths you're drinking around the world and sometimes there's not a place for you to do those things and so sometimes it requires you to do that on the trash can and there's no shame I've done it I'm fine with it I don't care yeah I mean it is 
definitely um, hard to come by a table sometimes, especially when you are enjoying the festivals and you just have like a little bite to eat or you're getting multiple things that you want to try to eat and you need a table. There's not very many options. And so the trash cans are sometimes the option. Here we are. And we're in World Showcase and we're getting sidetracked already. So we need to reel it in. But I'm really excited for this series. The last time we did a series was Disneygram, which was last year. Huge hit. Y'all loved the series. And so we were like, let's do another series. And Kate had the idea for an 11 part series featured on every single country in World Showcase. And I thought, this is genius. I love it. I think the listeners will love it. So here we are a whole year later. Yeah, doing another series, which I love the concept of diving in heavily to a topic. And I think World Showcase, um, as you become more of a Disney adult, as you are aging in your experiences at Walt Disney World, you start to appreciate and see and understand um, what the purpose of World Showcase is outside of the drinking that a lot of people will do. Um, but as I have gotten older, I definitely remember as a kid being like, you know, I don't, I don't know what there is for me in this area. But now that I'm an adult, I'm interested in travel. I'm interested in other countries, other cultures. Um, I think diving into all the details that Disney has put into this specific space um, in a park will potentially make it more exciting or relevant to Disney goers, maybe teach you something that you didn't know before and give you something to look for next time you go. Absolutely. So Kate, why don't you give us a little bit of a rundown of the history of World Showcase and I guess just in general before we dive into Mexico specifically. Yeah, I think that anytime we are starting a series like this, having a good background is always important. And so if you are unfamiliar with the history of World Showcase, World Showcase was there when Epcot opened. Epcot opened in 1982 and was this really innovative concept that Walt um, would talk about on his TV series. Obviously, he passed away before getting to bring it to life. And so the version of Epcot that we got is not necessarily Walt's version of Epcot. But the very first time that World Showcase was pitched um, as an idea, the idea of um, it being like a permanent World's Fair. Obviously, Walt was heavily involved in the World's Fair. People from all over um, the globe would come and showcase what it was that they were doing, what they were producing. Um, and so Disney innovators, Imagineers, were like, hey, this is a great idea. Walt loved the World's Fair. Let's have like a long-standing World's Fair in this Epcot Park that was so important to Walt Disney and um, they decided to have this big pitch to so many countries that are not in the World Showcase Um, but that first initial pitch took place in um, the Contemporary Resort actually in 1975 so nearly 10 years before Epcot actually opened and came to be. Court, do you have um, the list of those countries that were in attendance at that initial meeting? So I know that, let's see here. Okay, I do have the list. It says, Disney invited dignitaries from Iran, New Zealand, Belgium, Venezuela, the United Kingdom, Romania, the Philippines, the USSR, Israel, 
Mexico, Italy, Greece, Germany, Denmark, and Australia to listen to their concepts. That is a lot of countries. Yeah, a lot of countries and a very small portion of them we actually see in World Showcase. As I'm like reading through these, I was like getting excited thinking about like what these potential pavilions could look like. New Zealand sounds so cool. Denmark, I know Denmark was like a very strong um, pick for Epcot that didn't end up happening. I remember reading something about that. But the two on there that that stick out the most to me would be New Zealand and Denmark or Australia, too. That sounds so cool. Yeah, I my interest was piqued by New Zealand and Greece. So it's like, you know, there's so many different pockets and so many different countries, obviously, that aren't represented in World Showcase. But the initial hope of Disney when they made this pitch was that all of the countries would want in on this idea that so many people would be jumping and chomping at the bit to be a part of this permanent world's fair in Disney's Epcot and to a lot of the Imagineer surprise when they kind of opened the enrollment I guess you would say for these countries to sign on to be a part of this project it was kind of underwhelming they didn't have a lot of people that wanted to shell out all the cash that it was going to require to be a part of it and so Disney really had to restructure their thinking and their marketing um, and their quote-unquote sales tactics to get people to want to sign up and be a part of World Showcase which I think is an interesting bit of history that um, they really thought that this was going to be like a hit with governments across the world and it wasn't. Well, I'm sure those countries were just very unsure of what they'd be getting themselves into. I mean, looking back now, knowing the success of Walt Disney World, I'm sure the countries that didn't choose to participate back then are like, well, crap, we should have done that because look at how successful it is now. Um, So I'm interested to see if any of these countries come back around in the future. There's always talks of like, will there be new pavilions? Is there space for it? Um, so and there's definitely, there's definitely some pockets of space where like mini pavilions, I feel like could be added. So I think it is a potential for Epcot, but it's really cool to go back and see where all of this started and who was kind of in the running for a spot in World Showcase. Now, I know that when, when they first started advertising this new World Showcase that was going to be a part of Epcot, there were a few countries that were teased in this uh, announcement that never ended up making it. Which ones were those? Okay, I find this super interesting. And if we want to take the time, maybe we'll like post screenshots on our stories rather than reading all the descriptions. But um, there were three different countries that were given to the peoples um, as coming pavilions and they were Israel, Spain, and Equatorial Africa. I do think there's like a side story that I'm not remembering about this idea of Africa partially being the inspiration for Animal Kingdom because once they started diving into all the things they could do with Africa, they were like, we could make a whole park out of this. Um, And so... I feel like there's a, a backstory there maybe that um, I remember reading at some point. The little um, like picture that they have, I mean, they have like theming and, and it's like actual something that was printed where it shows these coming um, countries and World Showcase. So anyway, they, um, they 
opened Epcot in 1982 and there were nine pavilions. We currently have 11. So as we go around the world showcase, we can kind of give you guys, was it there at the beginning or was it added? Mexico that we're talking about today was there from the beginning. It is an original nine country country. <laughs> it's an in OG. the world showcase. It's an OG. Um, I think it's one of the busiest pavilions. And the only reason why I say this is because a lot of the pavilions, they kind of like if you're walking, I guess let me back up. If you are walking around world showcase and as you get to each pavilion, the pavilions are kind of set back. Like they're kind of carved out of the path. Whereas Mexico is very much in your face. Like it's not set back in order to feel that like that set back part of the pavilion. You have to go inside the Aztec pyramid where it does go really far back. But visually from the outside, the pavilion is very like squashed together mm-hmm. and it's there's not a lot of space to roam and to be a part of that pavilion. Yeah. Do you, I to- do you agree? I totally agree with that. So that's and how I, I feel think- about it. I also, you know, if you're not a avid Disney goer and you don't know, I mean, you could walk through that area and not realize, unless there's a ton of people coming in and out, that there is as much as there is inside of that pyramid. I remember when I first started going to Disney as a young kid, my family, who are from the United Kingdom, they had no idea that anything was in the pyramid and so for the longest time I had never even been inside of the pyramid had no idea there was an attraction in there had no idea there was like shopping and a restaurant and all this different stuff that we're going to get into and so it wasn't until I was maybe a late teenager early 20s that I actually stepped foot for the first time inside of the pyramid and you're like whoa this is legitimately trying to look like an entire little city um like town square and it is it's crazy it's it's so cute and unique and i love the way that they did it it makes sense but like you said if you're not an avid disney goer you may not even know that there's something even in there yeah especially right when world showcase opens and there's not a ton of people back there it would be easy to see the stuff that is outside and just keep walking yeah Exactly. So we're going to break it down for you guys. We're going to kind of talk about the landmarks that you see in each of these countries, as well as the food and drink options, and then fun facts and stuff that we were able to find out by doing some research on the history of these pavilions and just stuff that Disney included that we thought was super interesting that you guys would also want to know. So obviously we talked about the huge Aztec pyramid. It's very hard to miss. It is the icon of the Mexico pavilion like we said you can go inside and there are multiple things to do within the pyramid but let's talk about why disney picked this as the icon and some of the history behind it yeah um i mean let's just also start off this series by apologizing for any mispronunciations because um as much as we would like to think that we're saying things in the right manner i know that there are going to be several times that i get it wrong so um just a little disclaimer that if something comes out of my mouth that sounds a little bit funny um please excuse me because yeah. i do not speak I'm these like, languages for, for germany uh, norway yeah. <laughs> like we're y'all just pray for us because it's gonna be we're rough. gonna try our best we'll try to do some research on how you would say it but anyway um so the aztec pyramid that is right at the front is actually modeled after a temple um that is a temple for the god of life in a particular culture um i I'm not even going to try to pronounce this, but it looks like 
like Quetzalcoatl, something like that. It's like a really long word. That, that was a really good attempt. I'm not going to lie. I appreciate that. We can put it in writing somewhere on Instagram if you are curious. But it is supposed to be the temple of the god of life. Um, you will find that representation of that god right on the front of the pyramid in that like blue and aqua um, really nice engraving of what that god looks like. It has like lots of serpent heads, almost like, um, oh my gosh, why is my brain? Medusa? Medusa, yes. It's kind of like Medusa hair um, vibes coming Medusa from, hair vibes. Coming from. It's giving Medusa? This, it's giving Medusa right at the front. Um, and it has all of this vegetation and beautiful plant life surrounding this pyramid that is supposed to make you um, feel like you are in the Yucatan jungle. I mean, they really like took the time to figure out the best way to represent this country and I love that there are so many little details in each pavilion that we're like wow like you can tell they truly like dove deep into making sure that it was an authentic experience yeah and I think that that is something that Disney has always done well and when it comes to representing real life countries and cultures they are going to make sure their research is top notch and they're not going to do anything that's going to offend anybody or be inaccurate or wrong so all of the details that you would see um in any of these countries i know has been like thoroughly researched and oh yeah the way that they've done like the stonework and the way that it looks and all of that like I just said they made sure that all the plants surrounding this temple are accurately representative of the jungles that you would find in Mexico. Um, yeah. Just, I mean, even the plants are detailed. Oh, definitely. So, like you said, they, they did focus on like the Mexican tropic side of things by focusing on the jungle and the vegetation. And they also um, represent the other side of Mexico, which is that arid desert region. And they that's how they show, I guess, two major areas of Mexico in one pavilion, which I think is cool the way that they... Um, incorporate both and you can see that that desert region um, when you're at the cantina yes and um, as we kind of go back and forth I think that like there is the pyramid temple and there's stuff inside of it and then there is the cantina and the quick service across the way so there's kind of two sides to the Mexico pavilion where I feel like kind of what you were saying a lot of the other pavilions everything is just like pushed back on the the one side but this does have things that you can see and do on both sides of the walkway yeah Um, I didn't really think about that like I didn't think about the fact that this might be the I'm trying to think about the other pavilions it might be the only pavilion where there is a distinctive like break between two sides I think the UK oh no no, you're right only UK is the only because you got the rose and crown Mm -hmm. and you got the fish and chip shop and that stuff so maybe UK and this one are the only my brain is like trying to imagine every pavilion right now so yeah I think it's cool it's each one is so unique um and that definitely does obviously that separates the representation of both parts of the country with the desert and the jungle so that makes sense why they would do it that way yeah, for sure. Um, what other details in terms of 
history or what we're looking at should we go over? Should we move into the pyramid? I think we should um, because there's a lot happening in there and there's um, some newer pieces that we saw added once Coco, um, Disney Pixar's film, came out and they were like, let's kind of filter some of this through this pavilion and we see that as soon as we enter into the pyramid. Yeah, I think that as World Showcase has developed, a lot of the intention and details to represent these cultures has started to mesh or blend with Disney IP, meaning intellectual property, things that they have put in their films or TV shows. And Coco is a great example of that. There was no Coco um, in the same way. We'll talk a little bit about the Three Caballeros, which is an attraction inside of the pavilion. Um, But to start, there was none of that. It was just straight Mexico history and culture. And so as you move into the the pyramid, you're now kind of slapped in the face with Coco. Like it is very obvious that yes. there is Coco representation in there now, which I think is really great for families because you get the adults, the parents that want to explore world showcase. And before the kids that were with them were probably whining and complaining, being like, well, I don't like any of this. What are we looking at? And now you're starting to throw in things that are recognizable for kids as well um, to try to help teach them about these different cultures. And so you get a lot of information and art representation from Mexican-specific artists, which I think is always great of Disney to be intentional with the selection of who they're putting on display in these areas. But there are a lot of Mexican artists who have done um, these really neat representations of Coco and teach you about... Um, Dia de Muertos, the Day of the Dead, um, as you walk into that front hub of the pyramid. And of course, the exhibit is called Remember Me. So it's just all these nods back to Coco. It's very vibrant and colorful. And it is a nice way to fill that space because when you walk into the pyramid, it is very enclosed before it opens up and you can see everything else. So it's like a lovely little entrance um, for all that is to come beyond the exhibit. So yeah. So as you move through the main area um, of the Remember Me um, exhibit, then you make it into what is called Plaza de los Amigos. It's basically Friendship Plaza or Friend Plaza, um, and it is meant to be what looks like a, a big Mexican marketplace, a town center Um, And it's meant to kind of have this like dusk nighttime look to it at all times, which I love about it. It's really unique in that sense. It reminds me of like walking into like an early 2000s Hollister, like (laughs) where you like (laughs) got all the lights. You like can't really see what's going on, but it's mysterious and it's giving that dusk. (laughs) That's the first thing I thought of when you said that. I was like, so it feels like Hollister, but it's Mexico. But it's Mexico. Um, yeah, so they have a lot of um, Mexican-specific details. They have art pieces. They have um, the paper that's strung across. It's called papel picado. It's a type of decoration that's very traditional to Mexican culture. Um, and, like, the string lights. And there is a restaurant and, a, like, a true marketplace in there that you are looking at when you walk in. 
yeah, I think this area is super fun. There's lots of little things to like shop and get. And then obviously if you want to get like a solid margarita, you can get that here as well. So I have had a margarita from here. Love it. I recently discovered that I like margaritas. And so there are two options within this pavilion to get a margarita. You can get one outside of the pyramid or you can get one inside i believe the ones outside are just frozen is that correct yeah so if we're moving into we've we've kind of covered a little bit of the details of what you're looking at um inside i think the last detail that i would mention you have the town center the mexican marketplace and straight back you're going to see another representation of a pyramid and that's actually supposed to be a mayan pyramid or temple and then there's also a volcano um that is behind it which is a, another lifelike representation of something that you would find in mexico i don't know what specific volcano it's supposed to be um but that being said there are um some places that we can specifically talk about in the pavilion that if you are going on a Disney trip and you want to explore specific things in these different countries, we can tell you more about them. So first of all, outside of the pyramid, you're going to find La Chosa de Margarita, which is a margarita stand. They have frozen margaritas. They have three different flavors. You can also mix and match your margaritas. And also I think something that people miss at this stand which i think is like a staple and why i love going to mexico first you can get like chips and guac or chips and queso at this margarita stand too perfect just give me all the chips and queso yeah i mean who Always. doesn't want to just start with some tortilla chips i mean that's the perfect way to start yeah any time in world showcase yes and like we talked about um there are two sides of the street here in mexico and on if you're walking and we're starting in mexico you're going to have the aztec temple on your left and on the right side you're going to have their quick service um, as well as a table service restaurant and the quick service is um, La Cantina de San Angel. And then the sit-down table service is La Hacienda de San Angel. And then inside, you're going to have the San Angel Inn, which is another restaurant. So they're all kind of like playing off of each other title-wise. So I think people might get confused. But there is a quick service and two different table service. The table service inside the pyramid is a little bit harder to find a reservation for um, just because of the ambiance and the way that it looks. The outside one, I feel like it like comes and goes. I don't know that it's always open. I have never eaten at the table service outside. And I'm curious now. I want to go back through and see like how easy it is to get a reservation for there. But I've only ever done the quick service. So yeah. And in my opinion, I will say this before we make our way around World Showcase in any capacity. This quick service is one of my favorite quick services in all of Walt Disney World. Oh, hands down. Me too. I think this pavilion is great when it comes to food and drink. There's a lot of options. Some places only have a quick service and they don't have a sit down or something's going on. I think actually that's a lie. Does every pavilion have a sit down? I want to say yes. Okay. So, but this one has two table service and a quick service and two places to get margarita as well. And one of them does snacks. So you have like options upon options, which isn't typically the case in every pavilion. So that's funny, something to take advantage of as well. Funny enough, I'm going through my mind right now. The only pavilion in World Showcase that does not have a table service is the American Adventure Pavilion. 
Ooh. So you can get They're like eh, different whatever. cuisines from all over the world. They said, skip America. You're already They're here. Like, eh, you, you've <laughs> got plenty of other options, but so we'll, you're we'll, fine. We'll get all the way around to that eventually, but I just thought it was worth noting that if you were looking for a good, quick, cheaper um, meal, the Mexico Pavilion slaps, period. We love it. It's so good. And then if you want to get a second margarita, if you're like done with your frozen one outside, you can head inside to La Cava de Tequila. Tequila. (laughs) Tequila for a second margarita because why not? So this is like the old hidden gem that now everybody knows about. And when you go into the pyramid, you will see a long line for La Cava de Tequila or Del Tequila. I don't know which it is, but anyway, it's basically the Tequila Cave is what it translates to. And it is like a little hole in the wall bar, but the drinks are strong. The drinks are good. And if you are somebody who is an avid watcher of Disney reviews, apparently the queso in here, you can get like little bites If you decide to go and sit down, you might have to wait a while for a table, but apparently the queso from La Cava de Tequila is so incredible. So I would love to try it someday. I have not, but I have tried their drinks and margarita is my go-to cocktail of choice and the blood orange margarita and the avocado margarita I think are some of the most popular yeah I think I had the avocado margarita the last time I was there if I remember rightly but I'm a blood orange girly I love the blood orange margarita it's so good and um for those of us who don't drink a lot and don't need to drink in every country this might be the only one you need because this drink is strong I mean, I'm sure they're back there just pouring them out, getting people ready for World Showcase. So that's kind of the food and drink options for the pavilion. Um, I think we should also touch on the attraction that you can find inside of the pyramid. So why don't we shift and talk a little bit about that? Yes. So do we want to go into like what was it first? Yes. Let's start with what it was originally when Epcot first opened and talk about where it's at now. Okay, so the attraction when World Showcase initially opened in 1982 was called El Rio de Tiempo, which translates to the River of Time, Um, and it specifically went through three different eras or cultures within Mexico, and um, it was a a quick little boat cruise, and it took you through um, colonial to modern time, or ancient then colonial then modern times in mexico and mexican culture um so it really did have that educational piece which i think was kind of the foundational idea behind these pavilions and world showcase and so that was there all the way through january of 2007 and in 2007 there was a very quick turnaround between january and april they did an overhaul on this attraction and it went from El Rio del Tiempo to La Gran Fiesta Tour, starring the three caballeros. I wonder how much they actually changed of this attraction, because that is a very quick overhaul, and I feel like they probably only had minor things to update. Yeah. So I'm sure what we see is a lot of the original. Yeah, and I think that this attraction, probably for its time, was 
pretty clever at using screens to transition things probably easily and quickly. There's only one little area where you'll see animatronics. Everywhere else, what you're watching character-wise is put on a screen that's kind of within a, like a propped little view of something in Mexico. So like if you look like you're going through um, somebody's like little marketplace, there's like a screen in the back and it looks like the characters are running through the back, but really it's just that one screen in the back and everything else is like a foreground prop, um, which I think is, you know, for 2007, that's pretty, pretty remarkable. I mean, yeah, um, people compared it to, um, it's like a Mexican, it's a small world. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's so interesting. Now, when I think of this attraction and I think about the future of this attraction, I feel like this is one of those spots where Disney could easily go in and say, we're going to do something completely different. Um, it's not a very popular attraction per like wait times and that kind of stuff. It's not like a hitter. So I don't think so. Do you think Disney would come in and change that in the near future? There, I definitely feel like there has been talks of it. Um, the Three Caballeros is what the attraction is currently themed on right now. Three Caballeros is an old cartoon where Donald goes to Mexico and he meets the Three Caballeros. Are cowboys, but they're they're birds in this sense. I think they're parrots or um, birds that are traditionally from the country of Mexico, and they all have names. Their names are. Um, Jose, Panchito, and I'm missing one. I guess maybe the third one is Donald. Maybe he's the third caballero. Yeah, so Jose is the parrot and Panchito is a is a charro rooster. Okay, Mexican charro rooster. Yes, I see that now. So the film is from 1944. It is classic. It is old. I've actually gone back on Disney Plus to watch this cartoon in the past, just being curious about what it was. And it really is like... Donald goes on a trip to Mexico. Oh so gosh. I think it is like a fun historical nostalgic thing to put in the Mexico pavilion and it's it's Donald. Because it's Donald, I think it makes way more sense than something like if I guess if it wasn't a Fab 5 character included. Yeah, so I mean I think the obvious choice for something new would be Coco. Um I feel like for what the attraction is because it is like it's a small world you hop in a boat you don't even need a safety bar you just float down the river and you see what's going on and um you know I feel like for Coco to have an attraction in this pavilion I would hope that Disney would build something new and maybe have two attractions rather than try to retheme this little boat ride again between you know 2007 and now there's a lot of cocoa theming as is already around the pavilion um that does help draw kids in but we'll you know at the end of our episode here we've got a little something something up our sleeve um to talk about potential attractions so we'll leave that to the wayside <laughs> but for now what you can find inside the pavilion is the three caballeros Grand Fiesta Tour boat ride. And it is one of, I guess now, three pavilions that actually has a ride in it. And we will go through those as we go through the pavilions. It was just two pavilions that had actual rides, and now it is three. I think, again, this is 
a reason why if you're gonna go around world showcase there is a correct and a wrong way to start and so spoiler alert both of those attractions have always been on this end of world showcase um now they've spread them out elsewhere but for the three caballeros or you know rio del tiempo what it used to be there's always been something to see and do at mexico which i think makes it a popular place for people to want to go first um but you know that's that's the the quote-unquote ride you can get in they have other things that you can see and do there's a meet and greet there for donald who you see in the attraction and he is wearing his traditional mexican attire which i love he's so cute i love him in his little mexico outfit he's so cute yes he is adorable i love his um his sombrero and i call it a poncho that's not the correct traditional term for what it is but it is such a fun little outfit for him to um have a specific meet and greet for him in world showcase i wish that there were more characters in traditional clothing like representation like if you could see daisy in a germany like type dress or something like, like that she was going to Oktoberfest or right. something <laughs> like I think that would be so fun and so cute and unique to yeah Epcot oh absolutely I don't know why they don't do that but <laughs> Disney fine. if you're listening we have ideas um and there's one more thing that we haven't talked about that you can see in Mexico that I think is totally worth a stop and a listen what's that it would be Mariachi Cobre. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen this. You've never seen the Mariachi Band? I, I'm trying to, like, recall my memory if I have ever seen them, and I don't think I have. Okay, well, Mariachi Cobre is exactly what it sounds like. It's a mariachi band. It's traditional um, trumpets and horns um, and live singing. And these men, let me tell you what, they can sing and they do a set right now i think it's almost like a 20 minute set of the songs from coco oh my gosh and so they go through they it's like they um story tell almost like the story of coco and the story of dia de los muertos um if it is a rainy day you will find them inside the pyramid singing in the town square if it's a sunny day you'll find them outside um like right across from the pyramid that's where their little show happens um but if they're out and singing and playing you can't miss them they're amazing i guess that i've just always been in the pavilion when they're not there or just passing through or something so now it is my mission to stay long enough in the mexico pavilion where i can witness this because this sounds so awesome yeah i think it is like in terms of having cultural representation it's a really great cultural representation of mexican music and mexican art um, and so definitely, like I said, worth sticking around to have a listen. And something that's really cool about this pavilion, specifically going back to the attraction, is that the three animatronic figures that you see in the attraction's finale actually didn't show up in this ride until December of 2015. But these animatronics were not just made for this attraction. They are actually like pretty old. They're like 1971 old yeah they're og to walt disney world and they've traveled quite a few places which i think is really cool so why don't we touch on that a little bit yeah we love our fun facts around here yeah i gotta have the fun facts fun facts so the the animatronics we've talked we talked about the characters it's donald jose and panchito and they were you know the attraction opened in 2007 
but these animatronics weren't added in until 2015. So that is a almost 10 year run of this boat ride with zero animatronics. I do think that they add some life and some spice to the attraction. Once you get to the end of your boat ride, you can find them singing you and serenading you um, with sing song, like in mariachi band form, just like we were talking about. But the original place that you could find them was in the Mickey Mouse review in the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World. And they were there for almost 10 years as well. They were there from 71 to 1980. That's crazy to think about. Like, I don't, I thinking about how they've traveled around and they were in Magic Kingdom and then they were in Epcot. But they also um, were in Tokyo Disneyland for 26 years. Insane. I mean, they just have been all over the world singing songs. Yeah, so they went from the Magic Kingdom to Tokyo, and then they came back to the U.S. for the D23 Destination D event in 2011. And then then after that is when they made their way into the Epcot attraction. So they're just literally bebopping around and now have landed in Epcot. And I just think that's fun to know where these animatronics have been and to know that they've only been in Epcot since 2015, which seems kind of crazy when you think about it. Do you know where the Mickey Mouse review was in the Magic Kingdom? No, I don't. It's what is now Mickey's Philhar Magic. Whoa, okay. So I was thinking maybe like the um, the Storybook Circus area, but then yeah, my brain was so going that direction. The Mickey Mouse review um, was closed to make way for a Lion King show. Which make way, then make way. Wrong country. I know. I just, you said that and I just immediately went into song. Um, But there was a Lion King show that um, replaced the Mickey Mouse review and then PhilharMagic then replaced that. So um, the animatronics that are in Mexico are pieces of history. And so I think that alone makes it worth a ride, even if you feel like it's quote unquote boring wasn't it during like covid ish times when um was it donald or was it one of the other animatronics that was like missing for a very long period of time and it was just the two i think it was donald that was missing and he was gone for like i don't know how long but it was a while i remember he left mexico (laughs) he left mexico and you got to the finale and it was just the two left and you're like uh well this is not the grand finale i thought i was getting where did you go so i remember seeing lots of content of that online and it gave me quite a giggle so oh my gosh yeah um but we mentioned it before i think the last thing that we would like to cover in these episodes for this series is maybe some blue sky imagining of if we could add something new in the sense of like an attraction to these pavilions because I think that even though yes the eating and the drinking and the cultural aspects are a big part of why we have World Showcase obviously the attractions have pulled a lot of people and a lot of interest into these areas and I think that it's healthy for the continued success of the park to have people dying to get to this new thing in Mexico or China or wherever they may show up. So I think it's um, fun to imagine and be creative. So Court, do you have any thoughts or ideas on if Disney were to add something new to the Mexico Pavilion? What would it look like in your mind? So we've already touched on it. And I think 
the only thing that makes the most sense is Coco. You already have the representation of Coco, like we mentioned before, um, in the opening part of the pyramid. But to take that a step further and to give Coco its own attraction, I think would be a huge hit. The movie itself is very popular. Uh, we see Coco throughout the uh, nighttime spectaculars and our parades. Like he is already a part of a lot of the things that happen at Walt Disney World, and so this would kind of be the icing on the cake. Now what that attraction looks like I'm, I'm like my mind is going blank I can't really think about like what I would want to do with that and I'm sure you do because you have such a creative mind you're literally lifting your eyebrows over there so I know you've got something up your sleeve but in my mind it's got to be Coco okay well I'm in total agreement. yes Coco I think that Coco's animation and the acceptance and love from the audience for this film obviously makes it a strong choice um i probably could do a little more research to see if there are other mexico related films that could be used but coco is obviously the most popular and i think what could be a really exciting attraction I don't know how it would work. I don't know if it would be almost like Soren or if it would be like, you know, an actual, like you get in a ride vehicle and you move around. But in the film, when um, the main character, Miguel, is trying to get away from people trying to find him in the underworld, basically, or the, the other side. The other side. Um he like sneaks his way with a mariachi band that has just won a contest to um, Ernesto de la Cruz's mansion. And so I feel like some sort of like subway get like they get on this like flying subway that takes them all around. Like you get to see overhead this incredible other world through like the subway windows and you end up at Ernesto de la Cruz's mansion you find out he's the bad guy and it like spirals and so I feel like some sort of spoilers I mean (laughs) (laughs) anyways if you haven't seen Coco where have you been if that was a spoiler to you then I apologize but you should have seen that movie by now I'm just messing with you I think this is an amazing idea so anyway some sort of like mix between like the idea of runaway railway where you're like on a runaway train trying to get away from people trying to find you but taking you through where you can see and appreciate this dreamt up world of what it is that um you experience in the afterlife and the whole idea of dia de muertos is to celebrate and honor your loved ones that have passed and so anyway some sort of like taking you through that world um i think would be fun so you're thinking the simulator route potentially i feel like getting in a ride vehicle and like seeing out the windows like that makes sense maybe like in a kong fashion from universal where like your like vehicle moves a lot but anyway just just a thought i don't know how it would 100 percent play out or where it would go or (laughs) we'd have to storyboard it um but we'll circle back yeah i think some sort of coco attraction that's like maybe a little more exciting than a boat ride could be fun 
I agree, and I think it would really round out this pavilion. So Disney, we have ideas. Once again, come chat with us. We can work something out. Um, we are going to have this kind of blue sky moment in every episode that we have with the pavilions to just dream a little bit and see what we would put in the pavilion. And if you have an idea of what you would put in a particular pavilion, send us a DM. We'd love to hear your ideas because y'all are so creative and um, our minds can only go so far. So um, please send us that information. And also, like I said before, we want to know, do you start in Mexico or do you start in Canada? While we're in this episode talking about Mexico, it makes the most sense. So is there anything else that you want to add for this pavilion before we sign off and head to our next country, which would be Norway? Um, I don't think there's anything specific I would add. I mean, I think we covered a lot. I think I'm sure there are details that Disney people or Disney is aware of um, that are beyond what we've explained. But I think they're also worth going and exploring yourself. Um, It's one of the reasons I love doing the scavenger hunts that are a part of each of the festivals because they really take you into each of the pavilions to explore. So if you haven't given these countries um, much of your time and you haven't spent any time exploring the shops and the different things in there, like there's a crystal shop inside of Mexico. And if you've never been inside and just looked at some of the art um, that people have made, um, it's definitely worth your while. So don't skip out on the countries after you get your drink absolutely i love that tidbit we love each of these pavilions and we're excited to go through each of them share this information with you guys so we hope that you liked the start of this series and will continue to enjoy each country as we go through all 11 Kate here with our giveaway winner before we close out this fun new series start. We are so thankful for all of you that always participate in these giveaways. Thank you for um, leaving us reviews and ratings, for commenting and sharing with friends. But for this particular giveaway, the winner is Faith, Trust, and Pixel Dust. Um, or Disneyland Katie. Thank you guys so much for participating, but Katie, you are the winner of a brand new Emerald Green Lost Weekend Co. Planner to kick off your 2024 strong. So please send us a DM with all of your information so we can get this shipped to you. Um, Again, we're so grateful for all of you guys that uh, participate and listen to these episodes. We can't wait to bring you more giveaways this year. Thanks so much for spending time with us today on this episode of the Castle Chat. For now, we'll leave you with what we always leave you with, which is there's a great big beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you. Go make it magical. See you real soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.